up, everyone? My name is Christian Baldanza de Tacchio. And this is Juliano Clary. And this is the Fuzzy Football Radio. Thanks for joining us today on Friday, November the 6th. There's a lot to talk about. We had a bit of a debacle in the uh, Champions League for our Italian teams. A very poor showing. Uh, a relatively uh, good showing aside from AC Milan in the Europa League for our Italian clubs. Um, we want to break those down for you. We also want to talk about the uh, couple great and exciting matchups for uh, Match Day 7 in the Serie A already. Um, the season feels like it's flying by. I guess it must be the cram schedule. Um, also want to talk about some uh, some big news in uh, Canadian soccer with Forge FC and then of course um, possibly some uh, some things to talk about with the uh, with the national team uh, they got their upcoming uh, international break their final two games in the UEFA Nations League so uh, maybe a couple minutes to talk about that so with all the information we have and all the news we want to talk about today uh, we want to jump right in here and we want to get to where we left off. For those of you that listened to our previous podcast, it was the Nerazzurri do or die for both Inter and Atalanta, both Nerazzurri clubs, and they both failed miserably this midweek. And they got a huge game against each other this coming weekend to top it all off. So let's just jump right into the Champions League. Let's recap the Champions League and let's start with that Inter and Real Madrid game. Inter Milan, losers to Real Madrid, 3 2. 3-2 loss in Madrid at the Estadio Alfredo Di Stefano. Their first match in over 20 years. Yeah. First match in over 20 a years. A lot of players have interchanged uh, between these two teams. Yeah. And the last time that Inter was in playing in Madrid, they won that. They lifted that beautiful big-eared trophy. That was a long time ago. A long time ago. So how do you feel about this Loss, Jules. I mean, you, you you did call it. You did say that Inter Inter Milan was gonna lose, and and that you've lost the faith. So, you know, want to get your uh, want to get your reactions. It was an exciting game, but yeah, great offensive game. That was the trend for Champions League this uh, yeah this week. A lot of goals, uh, a ton of goals from all the teams, all the games. I mean, uh, but in regards to this game, Antonio Conte. I know I said uh, on our last podcast it wasn't his fault. Uh, the result in City, yeah, but this weekend, this uh, week, this week game against Real Madrid, I'm sorry, but I have to put the blame solely on Antonio Conte here uh, in regards to substitutions. He was just out coached by Zidane yeah, in this game. Was. It was an, it was an embarrassment. Uh, where do even where do you even begin? You want to well, go while I collect my thoughts? Sure, here? sure. So. I think I told you that this was going to happen. That Zidane, he's just a better, he's a better coach. This is his yard. You did, yeah. The Champions said. League is his yard. This is his baby, and Antonio Conte just—he's always struggled in the Champions League. Doesn't matter whether it was with Juve, whether it was with—I think when it was with Chelsea. He has a terrible record. These guys are former teammates too in Juve. Yeah, former teammates and uh, two very different styles. But the one thing I want to say here—I mean, just to just to ju- basically jump off what you said. I mean, with Conte's tactics. I mean, I think he got it, he got it all wrong. He really did. The way he set up the defense, it was very predictable. It's either going to be D'Ambrosio or it's going to be Kolarov in that back three. Why he does that, I don't know. I mean, you have De Vrij, you have Bastoni. I get that. You have Darmian available. You have Darmian available who position. can drop into a center back position. But you have two guys on the bench, too, that are 
born and bred and play center back and Andrea Ranocchio who's had two good showings so far for Inter in the time that he's played and Skriniar as well so I don't understand why you're forcing a right back or even a right wing back in D'Ambrosio because he's not a center back to play in that position it's just it's it's like you set him up to fail yeah and you look at De Vrij, one of the better center backs in City over the last couple seasons yeah. and he's on he's a Dutch national regular and this guy is looking like a complete average defender and I think it's because he's not sure of his partnership I, I agree with there. you on that he, I agree with you he's that. been exposed now this is almost uh three games in a row he's been exposed yeah absolutely and I think going back to the reason why D'Ambrosio D'Ambrosio's had some okay games in the center back he's played really well in one game in particular and I think the reason why is because you had that pairing and my argument there is you had a confident center back and, and leader in Dre Renaki that could cover the tracks of Kolarov and D'Ambrosio which he's done in two games so far um, Bastoni it's 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 growing pains he's a kid it's gonna he needs more exposure in these kind of games I don't I think he's a great center back I don't think he warrants a start in this kind of game over a Skriniar or a Renakia I really don't think so but Antonio Conte decided to go with that and I think the one thing the one thing is he was very stubborn in his two forwards in Lautaro Martinez and Ivan Perisic and they they, they both, both scored played well. They played well. Yeah, they played well, and they both scored. I mean, Latello really needed to play well, and I, he finally found something. He had a really good game, um, finishing that finishing that incredible pass from Nicola yeah, Barella. That beautiful flick. Uh, it was beautiful. But other than that, this this Inter team was just they yeah. they didn't show up. So yeah, from the defense moving into the midfield, this is where the big tactical. Uh, you could see Zidane has an, a cutting edge on Antonio Conte. Now, yeah. when you remember these two players back in the day, Antonio Conte's style was in your face, yeah. aggressive tackling, pressuring. It was That's how he loved to play. Zidane was more elegant. He loved the game being played on, yeah. the, on the ground. Now, you look at the midfield selection. We had Barella in there, who is kind of like an Antonio Conte, just a lot more offensive. But yeah. he, he chases everything. That yeah. can be good, and it can be a weakness, which... I'll yeah. explain. It was kind of a weakness in this game. You had uh, Brozovic in there, who was supposed to be our playmaker. He did a solid job. Yeah, totally outclassed by Cruz. Though Cruz is the best, one of the best midfielders in the world. I strongly recommend anybody if you want to rewatch that game, watch Tony Cruz. His movement off the ball, he drags Brozovic all over the pitch. He makes him look like an amateur at some points. His interceptions on the ball on the ball from the passes from the inter midfielders. The guy, he doesn't have to run around like a maniac like Vidal and Barella do to be an effective midfielder. This guy is pure elegance. Yeah. And my biggest qualm with Conte is you have a player like that in the inter team, and you refuse to play him. And we yeah. all know who we're talking about here, Christian Eriksen. Yeah. He reminds me of Tony Cruz. He doesn't have the defensive capabilities of a Tony no. Cruz, but he has that calmness on the ball. Yeah. He's not a fancy dribbler. He's not fast. He's not a strong tackler. It's when you think of that, how how's how could this guy be a great professional footballer? But it's the technique, it's the mind. These guys are on a different level. Yeah. Mind wise, the way they see the game. Conte, Zidane's able to see that and he's willing to leave a Cruz in the lineup. We have, like I said, our Cruz, Ericsson. But Conte refuses to use him because he doesn't see the way the game the way Zidane sees it. No, he doesn't. He does not see 
what a player like that can provide. Like, for instance, if you were to throw Antonio Conte on this Real Madrid team, I think he would completely annihilate this Real Madrid team. Yeah. He would it would be worse. Uh, and vice versa, if he throws it down on this interview team, I think they'd perform a lot better. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Conte got outcoached. And I have another example. When it came to the subs, okay, this goes to show the ways that Dan thinks the game. Okay, he was an offensive-minded player. He brought on Rodrigo uh, and Vinicius Jr. for Marco Ansenzio and Eden Hazard when they were up 2-1. Okay, this was after uh, Inter scored the uh, goal. In the 35th minute, they made the subs in the 64th minute. They knew Inter was going to start pushing up the field. Hakimi was going to commit more. Ashley Young was going to commit more forward. And like we said, what's Inter's weakness? They're off. They're a defense in D'Ambrosio. Yeah. And Bastoni aren't the greatest one-on-one -on -one defenders, more nope. so D'Ambrosio. And what does he then do? He puts on two quick-footed dribblers of the ball, knowing he's going to have one-on-one -on -one moments with D'Ambrosio and Bastoni. Now, all due respect to Inter, they do score the equalizer. So that plan kind of backfired on Zidane. But this is where Conte makes a stupid decision in bringing on Roberto Gagliardini for Niccolo Barella yeah, at 2-2. Brings on Sanchez for Perisic, what we get. Yeah. I understand that. And he brings on the more dynamic Modric for Tony Cruz. And they, knowing Inter still has to go out and get the goal, they stick to their plan. They don't fold under pressure like Conte no. does. He folded under pressure. And look at the two players that got on the last goal, the winning goal, Vinicius Jr. and Rodrigo. Vinicius totally drags D'Ambrosio out of, out of yeah. space, runs right down his channel. D'Ambrosio is chasing him, crosses the ball, across the 18-yard box. I believe it was Ashley Young and Vidal. Bastoni was dragged so out of position as well mm -hmm. that it was Ashley Young and Vidal trying to pick up uh, Rodrigo. Rodrigo, beautiful top corner finish. That is the difference. It's the mentality. And then to top it off after that goal, what does Conte do? He brings on Rajan Angolan for Arturo Vidal. Yeah. When Roger, you have Eriksen on the bench. At that point, it's even too late. 87th yeah. minute sub. Again, Conte leaving subs to the last minute. He thinks these guys are going to make a difference. The no, subs, they they're the worst subs I've ever seen. For a top paid coach, it's a it's a it's a sham what he's doing. Uh but the calls he's making on a tactical level, it's it's a complete sham. Why Rajan Angolan's coming in on the eighty seventh minute, the guy that's played I think ten minutes all season, when you have more experienced players on the bench, it makes no sense. No. It really bothers me. But once again, check out the midfield battle in this game. Is yep. a Dan completely out coached content. He did. He did. And uh, Real Madrid deservedly won this game. I mean, just to touch on the subs. I mean, this is this is classic. Antonio, this turning to be classic Antonio Conte with this Inter team where these subs are coming on so late with 10 minutes left of the game. A substitute can't realistically make that much of an impact. How many times have we seen it? Yeah, we see the odd super sub here and there where they come on in five minutes, bang, it's over. But, and make a score a miracle goal. But it's not consistent. It's not it's yeah, not you, very it's just, not as likely as you just it's a gamble. It's it's, it's a huge gamble. You're just saying here, go and do yeah. something. You gotta what's, settle what's the in. Plan? Yeah. Dude, it shows he has no plan. No, he, he has his plan A and that's he it. Doesn't. He and doesn't. once his plan A f suffers, there's no plan B. It's just run your run like a maniac. Yeah. That's how our, our team plays. They play like maniacs. There's no structure. That's what I loved about this Real Madrid team. They played with so much structure, so much calmness on the ball. Enter, they get the ball. It's, everything's spastic. Everything's 
chase, 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 yeah. diving to tackles. It's that's how Conte is as a person. You yeah. can see it on the on the sidelines. Zidane's not like that. No. Zidane has an aggressive side to him, but elegance too, and that's how Real Madrid plays. Yeah, that's the difference in the lineup, big time, and the teams as well. Hakimi, he had a terrible game. I think he thought he was still playing for Madrid. <laughs> Set up Benzema yeah. like the olden days there. Seriously, uh, he had a horrendous game. Standout performance. Another player, Benzema. Of course, he played great. And another standout performance for Real Madrid, Sergio Ramos. Again, this guy, 35 years of age. Class. He's, he is world-class, this guy. He has scored his 100th goal for Real Madrid as yeah. a center back. 100 goals for a center back. Unbelievable. De Vrij was caught out on the corner kick for that one too. Uh, so like we said, De Vrij is completely out of form. Just as a little tidbit, Real Madrid, uh, Sergio Ramos's career at Real Madrid, his very first goal. Who was it set up by, you think? Take a wild guess. Zidane? Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's crazy. How crazy is that? So anyway, Sergio Ramos on 100 goals for uh, the Real Madrid team. Unbelievable center back. We're watching a legend here. And uh, Inter faltered. And now we'll see what they do in the Champions League. They, it doesn't look good for them. Borussia, which we'll talk about, smashed their uh, Shakhtar yeah. Donetsk. Their game six, no. Not looking good for Inter. No. Not even, not even for a Europa League place. No, it's not looking good. Looks at like all. Gonna, it looks like you may finish bottom of the table, which is wake up, Conte. Seriously, yeah, eleven I, million. You're not justifying your no. Your, that your doesn't worth. justify eleven million. So we'll dig more into Inter uh, as the show goes on because they have a huge game this weekend that is a desperate must win. So, um, but let's talk. Let's move on to the next, the other Nerazzurri. Massacre. The the massacre at the uh, Atleti Azzurri d'Italia in Bergamo. Liverpool just went to work. Jurgen Klopp totally outclassed Gasparini, exposed Gasparini. This Liverpool team played like a well-oiled machine, showing why they're the, the defending Premier League champions. Totally, totally outclassed. I think it, it's very predictable now. Gasparini's system is very predictable now on how he plays. He tries to play high press, attack. The, everybody, everybody knows the weak spot on Atalanta in the back, and Liverpool totally exposed them and destroyed them. Yeah, Gasparini, he to me has been very disappointing so far this yeah, this season uh, in the last couple of games. I'm sorry, but you're going to go up to Liverpool and you're going to play man for man. And if anyone that watched uh, the PSG Atalanta game, that was the first time the world can see Atalanta under a microscope. Yeah. That's how they play, man for man. Yep. It's insane to think you're going to go man for man against Liverpool. against Liverpool. They play with three forwards. Yeah. Okay. You play with three defenders. You want a one on one battle every yeah. time in the back. No wonder you can see the five goals. Yeah. Again, this is supposed to be a coach who's a maestro. No. What what kind of maestro goes sets his team up to get annihilated? Anybody yeah. with half a brain would have saw Atalanta are going to get spanked if they don't change yeah. their approach to the game. Yeah. Which he comes out after and says when it's too late, he comes out after the game and says, "Oh, we got to start changing our approach because our team isn't pressing the way it used to press." It doesn't matter. No. You could press the best in the world. Yeah. This Liverpool team is going to annihilate you on the break yeah. when you match up three for three in the back. Salah versus Dijmisti. Palomino against Diego Jota, who scored three goals. Three goals. Toloi versus Mane. Like, 
They've lost Wake up, mind. Gasparini. He's What's wrong with mind. you? Yeah, it was terrible, terrible. A lot of people in the social media world are, are are basically defending Atalanta, saying that it's starting to show that they're tired because of the cram schedule. That's no excuse. Every other league is in a cram schedule. Liverpool is playing the same cram schedule that Atalanta is. This just shows you the difference in class. And they have a ton of injuries. They bought they brought in two young yeah. uh, players, Curtis Jones. Yeah. They brought in and Reese Williams. Yeah. Two, I believe, teams. Teenagers, even yeah, and they played solid. And they, Jones, Jones, uh, he picked up an assist. Yeah, he was one. Of, he was arguably the best midfielder yeah. beside Henderson and Wijnaldum. He was the only one yeah. that stayed on the field. Yeah, and Reese Williams. You have a young kid in the center back position, yeah. and these guys got a clean sheet. I know Allison helped out Joe Gomez. Yeah, Allison played solid too. Yes, he did play really solid. But it's like Gasparini. Yeah. What, what are, are you? What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? It, I'm starting to be convinced more and more. And uh, the, the Italians are supposed to be known for their tactics, yeah. the Italian coaches. But see, Gasparini is a coach that's played a 3 5 2 all his life. He's like another Eusebio Di Francesco in that he only plays one way, or God forbid, a Giampiero Ventura. But he found an Atalanta team that can play his system, and that's why it worked. And nobody. and. Atlanta had a miracle run, and I credit them all to, to what they did last year. I really do. But there are teams now that are taking it to Atlanta that have given the blueprints to everybody else. This is how you beat Atlanta, especially in Europe. Yeah. I'm sorry to the quality in Serie A. We don't have the quality in Serie A of an offensive line like this. This is no, one of the best don't. offensive lines yeah. in the world. So, uh, really, no league besides the Premier League has. Yeah. The offensive lineup that Liverpool can provide. Absolutely. Very Absol- few teams. Absolutely. And, then, and they've really set themselves like I thought they really naive. Yeah. To be that naive. And they gotta go now to Merseyside to play Liverpool the next match, it's right? It's gonna be another loss. So then they gotta hope Liverpool now, but we don't know, they're probably gonna take the foot off the pedal. They gotta beat Ajax and Michelin yeah. for Atalanta to even have a chance. That Atalanta game versus Ajax is huge now. It is huge. It is huge. And Atalanta gave or Ajax gave them trouble. They right? did. Because they know how you beat Atalanta, and it's are we are we seeing the fall of Atalanta? It's starting to look like that. It's yeah. going to be curious to see Inter versus Atalanta yeah. uh, this weekend yeah. because Gasparini's come out and said stuff has to change. So we'll see if he actually does it. Conte, who knows what Conte's going to do? Yeah. Well, we uh, we can pretty much guess what Conte's going to do. <laughs> He's not going to do nothing. Yeah, and. Uh, that's almost a guarantee, pretty much. But we'll we'll preview that game later on in the yeah. episode because mm-hmm. uh, that's a that's a huge game this coming weekend. But uh, yeah, Atalanta, complete disappointment. C- complete disappointment. Let's move on to uh, let's move on to Lazio. Lazio visiting Russia, depleted squad yet again. Yeah, a bit of controversy here because yeah. UEFA said uh, Lazio was using their own, I guess, test for COVID. Yeah. pass their players in the city yeah yeah and they didn't pass the uh the threshold test in uh for uefa so players like chiro had to miss out on this game yeah and uh, a whole bunch of other players so a bit of controversy there with lazio definitely trying to game the system a bit but uh yeah but uh, what can still, you say? it was a one-one draw. Like we said, th- this group is in their favor. Yeah, the group is in their favor. They d- got they, the job done the first two games. Yeah, they did what they had to do the first two games. Their defense really held them in this game. Their back, their back three, and Patrick Hoyt and uh, Achebe. 
yeah, really true. held them, really kept them in this game. Crucial. I think it's a crucial point for. It is. You can't. You can't go into the second game and get a draw. But no. now they're going to have time with their national break to get some rest. Yes. It should be again in hot played outstanding yeah what can you say about these two right i mean car- these two are carrying this team right now they are carrying this team and mancini if you don't see that our charity is carrying this team you're nuts you need to get this guy can probably this guy have slotted very well in the center back position for italy and i know we've seen him play for italy and he's played very well he needs to keep playing for italy that's just my two cents there yeah, Felipe Quesedo too. He comes up with another clutch goal. He was the yeah. hero in the uh, game against Torino. He's the hero again for Lazio in this game. He's showing to be a good deputy to Chiro. Definitely. Uh, he's having a great season so far. But uh, Lazio, it's not in the world. Solid result. Yeah. They're just getting the job done with the squad they have. You got to commend them for that. Definitely. Still in a good position. Just can't... Uh, can't drop another two points no. in the second game against no. the Zenit team. Well, they're at home. For, they're hosting Zenit the next game. Yeah. so like They completely outplayed them. With yeah. the depleted squad, they still outshot them 15-7. Outpossessed yeah. them. Uh, beat them one-on-one dribbling. They they beat them in that department too. Aerials one, tackles every. They beat them in every department yeah, of this did. game. So looks good. When they get a full-team squad, I expect Lazio to do City up proud. Yeah. Win. And uh, keep the momentum going. Definitely. Definitely. Showing a lot of resilience, Lazio. Yeah. Showing resilience for sure. For sure. So 1-1 tie on Lazio. Let's move on to our final Italian team. Cristiano Ronaldo FC. <laughs> paying a visit to Hungary. Playing Ferencváros. But not today. Or not today. Not uh, not in this game. It wasn't the Cristiano his, Ronaldo His show. presence. It does make a difference. Makes a huge difference. But it's, with turn, it's turning into Marata. FC. I know. You've got to call it for Spain. He uh, just wants to feel loved. I know. Give the man love. Uh, I can't give. And he'll perform. <laughs> That's the, what he said. The guy can't do it without service. And now he's got his service. Um, he just wants to be loved. He just wants to be loved. Paulo Dybala comes on and scores. Two. Well, yeah, this the second goal was considered an own goal. Oh, they were boy, both yeah. uh, giveaways. He was on. He just capitalized on the big mistakes. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Good for maybe his confidence, but. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. I mean. Ramsey comes out injured in this game. Chiellini comes back into the squad for Champions League, which is uh, good to see him back with Bonucci paired back there. Yeah. I, I th- we expected this result. Yeah, Pirlo was a bit frustrated with his forwards after the game. He came out and said uh, they played too egotistical, so they're not. Uh, it is. It means what it means. They're playing with big egos up front, Definitely. and uh, that's not a good thing. That can hold the team back. Yeah, thinking they're maybe better than they are. Yeah, uh, had no respect maybe for the opponents up front. That's what Pirlo felt. I'm surprised. The one thing I am surprised, and this may sound arrogant of me, is that we, we, Juventus technically has so much more class than Ferenc Varos, right? Yeah. Even though we respect Ferenc Varos for being there, they they, they 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 deserve to be in the Champions League. The one thing I was surprised to see is I was actually surprised to see Chesney and Net. I thought Pirlo would rotate his squad, knowing that Juve got a big game against Lazio this weekend. He, mm-hmm. You would think that he'd keep Buffon in this game. I mean. Maybe you do it to keep Chesney sharp. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what his what is decision? This would have been. I mean, as much as much flack as I give John Luigi Buffon at his age playing for Juventus now, and how he's com- he's a complete shadow of what he once was. This would have been a this would have been a John Luigi Buffon kind of game. Yeah, so, but that that's my only real criticism on Juventus here. 
big four to one win. Yeah, they needed that. Two points. Yeah, they got their three points. So, congratulations to Juventus on that big win. Uh, but let's let's do a roundup of uh, we're gonna do a roundup now of the uh, Champions League groups here. So I'll start with Group A, Bayern Munich, um, playing a big played a pretty big game, pretty convincing game on Tuesday against uh, Salzburg. Yes and no. They kept it to the seventy something mid seventy minutes uh, to get those goals. <laughs> no, but at the end of the day, they still got seventy ninth minute. That's when they took the lead, and yeah. then they scored another three after that. Well, it's it's Bayern. Bayern. This is Bayern Munich, right? Yeah, they look like uh, like we said, the strongest yeah team in the tournament. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Kimmich again. My goodness, this yeah. guy is unbelievable. Definitely. He is. He's, I think, the most gifted midfielder in, in the game right now. He's impressed me so much. Uh, Nori played a big game. Boateng, Lucas Hernandez, Lewandowski played a huge game as well. Muller mm-hmm. played really good. Just a solid game. So this is what Bayern does week in, week out. Yeah, I believe they have a big uh, matchup this weekend against Dortmund, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, big game. That. Well, congratulations to Bayern Munich on that. Um, is, yeah, just just to give uh, a stat on how good Bayern has been. This is their forty, I believe, forty fourth win in forty eight games. That's insane. That's 40, absolutely insane. Yeah. And this is combined, like all this across. Is, this is all across every uh, game they've played. This is their fourteenth Champions League win in a row. That's insane. Insane yeah. numbers. Yeah. Uh, so they look, they're a juggernaut right now. Definitely. It's going to take a lot to beat this team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So in that, the next game in that group was uh, Atletico Madrid with the draw to Locomotive Moscow. Yeah, strange game. Strange game. Didn't Luis Suarez get a card for looking at the VAR screen? Yeah, he went, he went to go influence the VAR ref. What a I clown. mean, Bastian the ref, yeah, and he got a card. It was a weird game because Locomotive, if you, if you look at the, uh, the standings in this group, Locomotive, I believe, were... Were in third at the time. No, yeah, they were. They were third at the time. Atletico was fighting for a top uh, position. You thought Locomotive would have kept going because they took uh, they tied the game and they had they created some chances, yeah. but they took their foot off the pedal and completely sat back at a certain point. And it seemed they were fine with the draw, which was very strange to me. They show they're showing no ambition to come out of the group. They just want to finish. It seems like in third and get into Europa League. I feel they feel they have a better ch- uh, chance there. Of course, they they pl- they know they got one more tie against Madrid. They, I think they played it safe in this game. You know, with this tie, you're still two points behind Atletico Madrid in third. So you realistically can pull off an upset. Yes, right. But they played in uh, Russia. No, they I think played, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, the RZD Arena in yeah, Russia. They, they did, but. This this group for second place technically is still wide open. I think we all know that. I think we all feel that Atletico Madrid is going to walk through. It all depends on that second Bayern game. Like, is Bayern gonna is Bayern gonna really take it to Atletico Madrid? Yeah, but I, th- I think in Locomotive's case, though, they look Bayern Atletico. Are we really gonna knock yeah. these two out? Let's just make sure we're ahead of Salzburg, get our points in yep. those two games if we can, and then. Managed third. I think that's what they tried yeah. to do in that game. That's what I, my personal yeah. belief. So tie there, surprising tie for Lokomotiv Moscow. Good, re- in my opinion, a good result for them. They're happy with the tie. Um, 
With that being said, though, here are the standings for Group A. Bayern Munich, obviously, on top with nine points. Atletico Madrid second with four points. And then you got Moscow and Salzburg that rounded out. Moscow with two and uh, Salzburg with one point. Um, so let's go on to that second crucial game in Group B. We've already broken down Real Madrid Inter. Muchen Gladbach going to work, taking care of Shakhtar. These teams both know that they can realistically progress into the round of 16. And uh, Mooch and Gladblock, they just, to me, Giuliano, they just wanted it more in this game. They just completely went to work, and deservedly so, um, taught Shakhtar a lesson. 6 nothing. Yeah, 6, six nothing. nothing. I mean... This, well, is, this is turning out to be the exciting, most exciting uh, group yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe they did play in Donetsk in this game. So now they got to go to Muchen Gladbach to uh, to finish off their this second game. So if Muchen Gladbach wins this next game realistically, I mean, they've pretty much set themselves up to the next round. Every And you know what? I, I, I feel bad for doing this. A lot of people wrote Muchen Gladbach off for this group. 10th place in the Bundesliga, not really performing. The one thing you did mention is they were undefeated at the time. They haven't technically lost. Mm-hmm. So, Smooching Gladblock team, a lot better than people think. Yeah, they, they have the best defense in the group right now. Yeah. Allison play a big hat trick in this game. Even with, so their next game against Donetsk is huge. If they do, they sit on eight points. Like you said, roughly to qualify out of a Champions League group, you need to hit the magic number of around 11 to 12 points. 10 or 11, yeah. So, they will still be short of a victory. So, Real Madrid, it looks like, uh, are building momentum to come out. It will be uh, be big. If they can beat them, get the result, and then it's it comes down to Inter having to win their last two games as well. This group is wide open. They only have a five-point lead. I mean, sorry, they only have five points. Yeah. One of the lowest... It's still uh, really tight. One of the lowest tallies out of all the groups yeah. for a first-place team, so that goes to show you how tight the group is. Wide open, but uh, Borussia looking... Strong. They had some outstanding performances. Alassana Plie, three goals in this yeah, game. Big hat trick there. His first hat trick in Champions League. Both uh, left and right back for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Liner, the Austrian, and Benson Biani scored a goal and an assist there. Beautiful game from those two. Yeah. They're looking dangerous. They're just a solid defensive team that has a good counterattack. Marco Rosa, the coach, the German, is doing a great job. No one expected a 6 0 thrashing of Shakhtar here no nobody did this is uh yeah big kind of an upset because Shakhtar too if you look they haven't uh they've gone eight games unbeaten versus German opponents too yeah eight games unbeaten so kind of went against the grain here this result leaving the group wide open definitely exciting group next group for sure next group group C Uh, I guess we'll do the Porto Marseille game first yeah, Porto Marseille. Porto went to work. Yeah, funny. Another funny quote by Andre Vichbos. If he gets fired, he might be a comedian. But he goes, uh, <laughs> he goes. In order to be shit in Champions League, you got to at least qualify for Champions League, and we did. He goes, and we are shit. <laughs> That's what he said so along those lines. Yeah, Mar- so. Marseille. They just they don't look like they belong. Like they're not even gonna make it into a Europa League spot. Yeah, it's it another loss. Like. Yeah, it looks like Andre Vichbos. He's. Uh, He's done. Uh, Payet missed a huge penalty to tie up the game. Blasted yeah. right over the the net. He looked. I didn't even recognize him. He has a whole new hairdo. He's growing out his hair. Yeah. Looks like a different person. But uh, 
three goals. Corona for Porto played unbelievable. He was involved in every goal, won a penalty. He got the assists on the other two goals. The guy was untouchable that game. Big performance by him. Yeah. Anything you want to say about this game? No, just Porto showed their class in this game. Porto, a regular, a regular in Champions League football, showing their experience and uh, good, solid win for them. And uh, knowing who they got left in the, they got to play Marseille one more time. They got to play everybody one more time, right? So yeah, Olympiacos do they have to play? Yeah, but they're playing Marseille again now, yes, right? Which right should, after the which should be another break. win. Which should be another win. I think if Marseille wins this game, uh, or sorry, Porto wins this game. It's it's safe to say that Porto will go through with Manchester City. Yeah, they have group. a they have a very good chance. I'll put them on nine points. Yeah, and then Olympiacos is going to play Man City again. You expect Olympiacos to mm-hmm. lose, and then both Man City and Porto can basically rotate their squads in this cram Champions League schedule for the final two games. Exactly. So, congratulations to Porto. That being said, let's move on to Manchester City. No surprise here. Three nothing victors at the Etihad Stadium against Olympiacos. I don't think we expected anything different than this. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, what we expected. Let me see if I can pull up my notes here. What did I say about this game? City, Ferrantaros, Ferran Torres, sorry. That's three goals and three for him. Mm-hmm. Playing out of position, playing as that striker false nine. That's three goals for this guy. Still not getting a run, I don't think, in the Premier League either. Uh, they got Gabriel Jesus back. He scored a thunderbolt of a goal. So it was good to see him come back for Man yeah. City. Cancelo, too, with a nice finish. Solid performance by... Uh, yeah, by Man City, it they seem to be the other strong uh, team in this group. Yeah, I mean in this uh, in this tournament, but we don't know with Pep Guardiola. He seems to all his teams choke at a certain stage, especially this Man City team. Yeah, they they get to the big opponents and they choke. Do you think they can turn it around this uh, time? I think there's so much pressure on Pep to do. Manchester City's objective is clearly the Champions League. It has been for a while. They've given Pep everything he's wanted. I think they've spent over, yeah, close yeah. to maybe a billion. They've dollars given Pep for everything he's wanted. He's been if they don't win the Premier League, I don't think it's the end of the world for Pep this year. But if they win the Champions League, it's considered a successful season for them. Yeah, they're they're obsessed with the Champions. They League. are completely obsessed. They've done that. They've won their Premier League title. They've won. They've done what they had to do. But now they are completely obsessed with the Champions League. So I think I think there's a lot of pressure on Pep that he needs to win this to win it this year. He really does. Yeah, and there's showing there's some rumblings going around. You know, this is the longest he's been at a club. Uh, yeah, people are talking about him going back to Barcelona. He says no, I'm, I'm at Man City now and everything. So this could even be his last season at it this could club. Be. It could be. It all depends on what happens with Pirlo at Juve because I'm convinced that he's going to go to Juventus next. He will because he, he has ties to Italy. Yeah, through playing uh, Brescia. Brescia. Yeah, right. he's his next target. He hasn't done anything in Italy, so I think Italy is the next way to go. And hey, maybe Inter if you guys get rid of Conte next year and Pep's sitting there, he'll fix your guys. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's for sure. So they've been having luck with the bald coaches, Spalletti. You know who Inter? Pep, yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, Conte's technically bald, so he, <laughs> I don't know if they well, you look at them. you look at Zidane's entire back staff. No one has hair there. <laughs> it's crazy. No, it's uh, something. But uh, yeah, so just to round off the group, uh, the standings: Man City sitting nine points, sitting pretty on top. Matt Porto second place, six points. Olympiacos round out uh, and Marseille round out. Olympiacos with three points. Marseille, the worst team in the group, zero goals for seven against. 
Horrendous. Uh, horrendous. 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 I'm sure the league uh, is not too happy with Marseille no. and their performance in this because it really hurts their coefficient. Um, so let's move on to that second game in Group D, Ajax and Michelin. Yeah, we talked about Atalanta-Liverpool, yeah. so we know that. Ajax-Michelin. Uh, Michelin actually played really well. Yeah, they played good. Expected win for uh, Ajax. Yeah. Uh, Dreyer made history, scoring their first ever goal yep. in uh, Champions League. Yeah, Dreyer, the I believe Danish uh, Andres Dreyer, I believe Danish international. So not much to say. Expected victory. Yeah, Tadic played a great game. Ajax expected to win. Of course. What else can we say? It's, it, it's gonna. This group is gonna come down to Atalanta Ajax. Yeah, that's what we're gonna wait for. Yeah, we knew it, right? So. That being said, I mean, Ajax sitting in, we know Liverpool's first place, you know, cleaning up the group there. And then Ajax and Atalanta both sitting on four points. Ajax has a tiebreaker based on goal differential. Mm-hmm. And Michelin, what you expected, sitting at the bottom, zero points. The whipping boys of the group. So let's move on to Group E. Uh, let's start with that Chelsea game. Chelsea yes. going to work on Stade Rene. Have not conceded a goal no. all tournament. No. This is their fifth clean sheet in a row. <laughs> Ever since they brought in Edward Mendy, they replaced uh, Bacala, Kepa, Arisi Bagala. He's so bad, they brought in Peter Cech as the goalkeeper coach, as their as third. their fourth, third goalie. Yeah. Like Kepa, I don't know what happened to the world's most expensive goalie. What a sham of a, of a I think that, I think that's safe to say for all Spanish goalkeepers, because I could say Kepa and I could say Paul Lopez as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Chelsea... Yeah, just going to work. They're, Frank Lampard, you got to give Frank credit on what he's doing there. He's really got this this Chelsea team, considering the talent they have on the squad, they're, they're, they're doing really well. Yeah, great offense, defenses. You got that all French-speaking uh, center-back trio with Thiago... Sorry, the trio of Mendy, Thiago Silva, Zuma. They all speak French. They all speak so French, Maybe yeah. that made a difference. Bit of controversy in this game. Uh, two penalties given... Uh, for Timo Werner. The first one was legit. The second one, a bit debatable. Chefren, who's the head of UEFA, complained to FIFA saying, listen, we can't have these types of penalties in the game. Yeah. The Dalbert one, was he uh, deflected off his foot, went into his arms. Uh, ref didn't even call it. went to VAR. That's how it was called. And on top of it, he got a second yellow for that, which was a bit ridiculous. He was sent off. Ren felt... Uh, you know, there was no justice in this game. They felt hard done by uh, Julien and Stefan, but yeah. slim pickings for Ren. They had really had no chance against this Chelsea team. Yeah. They played. Just a quick shout out. No, he didn't have the greatest game. And Alfred Gomez, goalkeeper in uh, for Stade Ren. Uh, former City A goalie. Former City A goalie. I think he is his Italian citizen. He is. Too. He could have played for Italy. He he, uh, he could have played for Italy. Uh, I think he went through the Torino youth system, mm-hmm. and uh, he could have played for Italy, but chose to play for his uh, motherland Senegal. Yes. Um, just a quick shout out there, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, unfortunately all we can really say about uh, Stad Rene. Yeah, the the other game in this group was Sevilla Krasnodar at the Roman Sanchez. That Bijon. was actually a more exciting game. Three two. This was probably the craziest game. Yeah. Of, uh, Surprising. Yeah, Sevilla went down two 0 Yeah. In the first twenty one minutes. Yeah. And they ended up coming back, taking them to the seventy second minute yeah. to bring it back in the game. 
crazy game. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah, I just Kresnador really surprising. Um, you know, going up early, first time in the Champions League. You can imagine that they were basically in uh, on cloud nine in pure euphoria. But then, of course, Sevilla goes to work. Rakitic scoring a beautiful goal in the forty second minute. Um, but Jesus Navas getting a red card. Yeah. In forty-five plus four, so playing a man down and still still coming back, coming back and winning. So you got to give uh, you got to give Sevilla credit here. Suleimanov yeah. too, the free yeah. kick goal. What a goal that was! Yeah, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I mean, I think it's safe to say now for sure that uh, Sevilla is not going to be in the Europa League this year. Think heavens for that <laughs> um but uh big win for sevilla it's a huge win for them and that that, that basically gives both them and chelsea a six uh, six point cushion over krasnador and stad renee so krasnador and stad renee both champions league debutants this year uh will have a bit of a dog fight there for uh yeah. for europa league spot so yeah don't take it lightly against krasnador and stad renee for these last three games because uh th- there's a lot of money to be made if they make it into the that third spot again into the round of third yeah, just get to Yusuf and uh, Nazeri, two huge goals off the bench yeah. for him, uh, former Malaga striker as well. 14 games unbeaten at home for Sevilla. Yeah. They're just in Europe. They're just absolutely they're machines. They're 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 a very well oiled machine, Sevilla. They've been on a roll um ever since ever since the Europa League. Yeah, win. no no one's gonna wanna play them in the knockout stages. No, let's put definitely it that way. Not. And especially if they finish second behind Chelsea, it's gonna be uh a big game forever finishes first, yeah. right? Because the first matchup with the second place team. So, yeah. see what happens there. Yeah. So, uh, just a quick rundown. If you didn't hear me two seconds ago, so basically, Chelsea and Sevilla both sitting on seven points. Um, Chelsea obviously has the tiebreaker on Sevilla, and then Krasnodar and Stadvernay both sitting on one point. Um, so that being said, let's move on to Group F for that second game: Borussia Dortmund, three uh, nothing victors against Club Bruges. And uh, what can you say about uh, Erling Haaland? Yes. Two more goals, <laughs> sixteen goals this season so yeah, far. He's for on fire, man. He's on absolutely on fire. And uh, this is just a classic Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, they they look good. Mm-hmm. They've got their form back ever since Lazio lost. Yeah. I, I mean, beat them in the first game. Yeah. And, and you know, the one thing I will say is if you're Bruges or Club Brugge, however you want to pronounce it. Brugge in Belgium. Yeah, Brugge in Belgium. Belgium. Um, if, you, if you're Club Brugge, this is not the end of the world. you got to play Dortmund one more time. You're sitting on four points. You're one point technically behind Lazio. Had a good showing against Lazio, so and they had a, they actually had a good showing in this game. Yeah, too. they just they actually did. Yeah, so uh, they just couldn't put in the back of the net. They were equal on shots. Yeah, Berkey was still great. Witzel was yeah. a makeshift center back. The Belgian, you had the other Belgian, uh, Thorgan Hazard, Eden Hazard's brother. Yep, and uh, we had a third Belgian there, uh, Munier. They all got involved heavily in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Holland, man. Yeah, he's on, he's scary. on fire, he's on fire. So congratulations to Borussia Dortmund. Great. Think about that, people. Yeah, sixteen goals this kid already has. Yeah, he's a wonder. Yeah, goals. he's hopefully he's not a after this game. Hopefully he's not a one hit wonder, and uh, he's uh, he's here to stay. That's what I'm hoping for. So um, that being said, let's round up Group F. Borussia Dortmund sitting on top of five points. Lazio. Or sorry, Borussia Dortmund sitting on top with six points. Lazio on five points. Club Brugge four points, and then Zenit Saint Petersburg one point. Zenit Saint Petersburg 
technically still not out of it yet. That's why the Lazio Zenit game is huge. huge. We expect Dortmund to beat Bruges again. Lazio Zenit is huge. They cannot afford another draw. They need to separate that distance because they play, they play Club Bruges one more time, and that's yep. going to be a final that game if Absolutely. they don't get a result in Zenit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move on to the next group. To, uh, basically, we're going to finish off the next final game because we already broke down Juventus, Federico Varos, Barcelona, two to one victors over Dinamo Kiev. This, I mean, yeah, go, go, go. Barca, we expected, but I don't think we expected this game to be as close as it actually was. No, this was a. So the last time Dynamo Kiev beat Barcelona, that was when the great Andrei Shevchenko scored three goals for Dynamo Kiev. This game was a show in world-class goalkeeping between Ter Stegen and the third goalie, third backup goalie, Ruslan Nasheret, 18 18 years old. Yeah. This guy. That save? Sign him up into right now, please. Yeah, that save off, was it Messi? Not even one save on the free kick. Yeah, Yeah, that was huge. He made six world-class saves. This guy. Emergency call-up. I've never been impressed in my life like this by a goalie. Fantastic goalkeeper. The kid's 18. You think of an 18-year-old, he's going to be scrawny, tall guy. This guy's built like a... A man, he's built. He 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 moves and he moves the yeah. way he moves in the air. Yeah. I couldn't. I was impressed with no, this guy. Fantastic. This kid is going to be the real real deal. Keep an eye out for this. Keep an Ukrainian eye out on this goalie. kid. Yeah, he's going to be a he's going to be a stud. Uh, he's the reason why this game wasn't a yeah a blow up. And you know what? All you need is a game like this to 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 get the big clubs to notice you. And how convenient that it was against Barcelona. Uh, I don't think this, I don't see this kid staying at Dinamo Kiev for long. Just no, based just, on that, he just resigned alone. a five-year contract. So Dinamo Kiev to for someone to sign him, they're gonna have to pay a nice sum of money now because yeah. he he was outstanding. He was outstanding. So Messi continues his penalty goal scoring streak here, of course. <laughs> which Ronaldo fans would like to hear that one. Yeah, of course, because Ronaldo of course gets called Penaldo all the time. Yeah, now we have uh, Messi here with all the penalties. Absolutely, but yeah, both goalies, Ter Stegen, even this was his first game back in the Barcelona jersey. I, he made some huge saves as well. He looks good. Yeah, he great game. World class goalkeeper in this yeah. game. And just to round off Group G, uh, Barca on top, of course, with nine points. Juventus six. Dinamo Kiev and Fedek Varos one point each. Um, still a lot to play for. You would imagine if you're Dinamo Kiev and Fedek Varos, you're going to be playing for that Europa League spot. We kind of knew that anyway. Um, but that Juve, this still set up that Juve Barca game. Who's going to take top of the group? It does I make think, a difference. Yeah, it does make it. It does make it a does difference. Does make right? a difference. Um, unless you meet Sevilla in the knockout stage, and it yeah. doesn't matter if you finish first. But yeah. uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, for Barcelona, actually, they wouldn't meet. But right now, I'm going to give Barca the edge. Yeah, I think over so. Juve, Juve is still so. on a learning curve. It'll be very interesting to see um, how Juve lines up against that in that Barca game in that second Barca game. Now that Pinaldo's back. <laughs> So we shall see. Um, so let's move on to the final group. Let's talk about. Who do you want to go with first? Here? I, I want to go with Basa, Basak Sahir, Istanbul, and Man United. Against Oli at the wheel. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Manchester United dropping this game. This team. What is else can you say? Ridiculous. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, he is getting called to be fired by all the pundits in England. Yeah. He's being backed up by his uh, former Man U teammates, teammates, of course, in the media. Yeah. Another poor showing. If anyone watched the game, you saw the first goal scored by Dembaba. 
Yeah. Where was everyone? That's the question know. being asked. You don't even see that in, in under 10 no. uh, football. It was a complete shambles. The entire defensive line was up the field. Matic was the last man back standing, picking flowers in the middle of the field. Demabaz couldn't believe the amount of space he was in. Yeah. Uh, near the center line and he just ran straight on Dean Henderson I feel so bad for him he gets his first start and he's left to hang to dry yeah I just uh, think I just think United didn't take this game seriously yeah this United team they're they're weird they're weird they they have no leadership in the team they're they're a bunch of uh I don't know. They're not football. These guys aren't football. It comes down to that. Luke Shaw, you're not a you're not a footballer. No. Maguire I don't know. He's just a thug. World's most expensive defender. He's just a thug. He he's definitely not. He definitely doesn't deserve that title. World's most expensive December. I think that's a joke. Yeah. There are, I could name ten defenders better than Harry Maguire. Sonny Van de Beek. He got his. Uh, he yeah. got another start, but he wasn't great. He was maybe the best player in their uh, midfield. Not great. Yeah. Martial too. You watch him. His body language stinks when he plays. Yeah. Uh, but he did score a goal. Yeah, and hopefully the- Rashford starts. He yeah. always stinks when he starts. Rashford's got to become a super sub because he only performs when he comes off the bench. And uh, man, you, I don't know, weird, that, weird team. That loss basically made this group wide open. Yeah, it it, uh, it really did, and uh, I think it put all the, everybody else on notice that don't take Basaksa here, Istanbul. Lightly, yeah, they made history. This was their first win. This was this was their first win. Everybody's all shocked. I can't believe. Basics here got their first win against United. Well, guess what? They're not a bad team. They're doing very well in the Turkish Super League. We understand the Turkish Super League is not the Barclays Premier League, but the ball's round. Anything can happen. It's all about who wants it more. Exactly. So, congratulations to Istanbul, Basics here. Very deserved win in this game against Man United. Man United, get your heads out of your derrieres. Yeah. And start playing football. I don't think, I don't think Ole knows what he's doing. No, he doesn't. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he's there just based off him being a former player. You look at his yeah. CV. Yeah, uh, Cardiff, he got relegated, and he coached yeah. in Norway. He won a trophy in tro- Norway. You take his name off there, and you put Alan Pardew's name on that CV. For instance, you're not giving the job yeah. to Alan Pardew. Yeah, exactly. With the resume like that, but yeah. because his name's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, you give him the job. He's not the right man, Pochettino. Is sitting there in the wings. Yeah. Seems like they're going to try and make a move on him. There's also a legacy, but right now, we'll see. Yeah. Ole at the wheel. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Managing all those egos. Uh, but let's move on to the next game. Big, big win for RB Leipzig over Paris Saint Germain. Yes. So if you're Paris Saint Germain, being in the final last year, you, you're technically sitting in third place right now. If you're uh, Tuchel, and you're the PSG and you're the PSG upper management. You're not happy about this. No, this and this too. There's a bit of history between the two coaches. I think we mentioned this before. Julian uh, Nagelsmann yep. and Thomas Tuchel. Tuchel uh, kind of brought Nagelsmann into the coaching world. He did after uh, Nagelsmann's playing career finished. Uh, that's their history. Amicable, not a great relationship, but. Uh, Nagelsmann got the better on the on the yeah, master there. Definitely, he definitely did, and yeah. uh, very disappointing loss for Paris Saint Germain. I mean, they're they're really not showing up. They're doing what they had to do in the league, uh, but uh, we, they have kind of have the same obsession that Manchester City has, and that's that's in winning the Champions League. Yeah, and uh, I don't even know has PSG ever won the Champions League? No, no, they've never won the Champions League. So, I mean, not looking good. They're third not, in the group. Yeah, third in the group, looking like. They're going to go into Europa League, 
but you never know. I mean, there's they're on they're on even points with Basaksa here, so you have this dark horse here just sitting here and knowing they can claim a scalp off anybody. Um, so PSG, you got to get uh, your heads out of your derriere. Thomas Tuchel, you, your job is probably going to be on the line very soon. Yeah, they're they're asking for his uh, resignation. Now. Yeah, so uh, get, get it together. Uh, just with that being said, uh, here are the final standings. Here are the current Wait, standings. Before, before we get to the okay, standings, sorry. just want to say some good performances. Moise Kane showing again. He's uh, actually playing pretty well as a striker for uh, PSG. Yeah. And Nunkuku for uh, RB Leipzig, the Paris, I believe Paris-born, uh, was in the youth system of PSG, involved with this club for nine years, gets one up on uh, on his former club for not yeah. believing in him. So big game for him. Definitely. Big result for RB. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So... That being said, Manchester United still sitting on top with six points. And uh, RB Leipzig, six points. PSG and Basak Sahir uh, sitting in third and fourth uh, with three points. So this group is technically still, it's still wide open. So yeah, anything, anything can, happen. can happen. Those Man U games against Leipzig and Paris are all... Uh it's going to be an exciting finish to that group. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So that rounds up our uh, that rounds up Champions League. Uh, very, very, very quickly, uh, we will go over um, some great performances uh, by a couple of. Well, we had one good performance in Europa League by our Italian team. We had one very mediocre performance and one poor performance. So we had. We experienced everything in the Europa League with our three representatives. But let's start off with Roma and CFR Cluj. Roma, five running rampant, five nothing victors over CFR Cluj. It's actually not a surprise. A lot of co- a lot of controversy happening in Cluj. The manager uh, did come out before the game saying he was going to resign after the game no matter what happened. So Yeah, that was very strange. Very strange. We knew... So there's obviously a lot of turmoil happening in this Cluj club and we expected Roma to just run rampant and they did um, winning 5-0 uh, really good to see Bora Mayoral scoring two goals putting in a man of the match performance um, really needed that to, to, to gain some confidence this was just the Roma show it, it really was uh, Rodri Banez good to see him score as well Henrik Mkhitaryan a goal and of course Pedro coming on and scoring what can't this guy do seriously what can Pedro do? Yeah, great you know, This was the one time um, that uh, Fonseca rotated the squad, and uh, it actually uh, worked out really well. Also, a very solid performance by a, uh, a debutant youth player, Tommaso Milanese, 18 years old, uh, coming on for Roma in this game and actually p- putting in an assist. So... Very good, solid performance, and welcome to Roma, Tommaso Milanese. Hopefully, you're a name to stay. Um, but great, five nothing win for uh, for Roma. Got full control of the group um, on seven points. Young boys on four points. Cluj on four points, and CSKA Sofia on one point. So, Roma doing what they need to do uh, to get through this group. Let's move on to the next one where we had Napoli uh, visiting Rijeka in Croatia. Gennaro Gattuso, not happy with his team. He was so mad, he thought he blew a blood vessel, yeah. freaking out at them at halftime. Yeah, it's... Uh, what can you what can you say? I mean, uh, they they got the win. They they did what they had to do. Uh, very very slow out of the gate. Lucky to be lucky to be uh, on even terms at halftime. 
yeah. I would say. Riekados, uh Simon Rosman, he came and he parked the bus. Yeah. That's what the goal was. Stifle Napoli's offense because that is their strong point. Yeah. Good tactical plan. It worked. It did. For a little bit. Alex Meta kept them alive in. in the first half. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Uh, good performance from Rijeka. They did all they could do yeah. with the difference in quality, but Napoli ended up getting it done yeah. in the end. Napoli getting it done. Uh, so with Napoli that, with Napoli and their performance so far, very it's just a very interesting group because you have a three-way tie for first place between AZ Alkmaar, Napoli, Real Sociedad, and then you got Rijeka sitting. They're all on six points, and you got Rijeka with zero. So Rijeka is obviously the whipping boys of this uh of this group and now the big disappointment and it's the huge before we get into that though go for it we had a canadian in this game jonathan christian david playing up front for yes Rio. let's lay some more foundation in this game we had ac milan first place in syria undefeated all season against the second place league team leo christophe christophe galtier's team undefeated in liga yeah and undefeated in europa league as well all set up to play at the Giuseppe Miazza. Somebody had to lose. Go for a Christian. Milan falling 3 nothing in this game. Uh, it was a matter of time before we saw a performance from AC Milan. With the with uh, almost the uh, starting lineup yeah. too. Uh, Teo Hernandez, okay, solid performance. Um, Alessio Romagnoli, very poor performance. Terrible. Donnarumma made a big mistake. Yeah, Donnarumma made a big mistake. Sandro Tonali did not play well. He's not ready. He's not ready. The time the kid just no. doesn't have it in him. Yeah, and even dare I say it? Yet Zlatan, anyway. Zlatan Ibrahimovic had a solid performance. I didn't play good. They ran. Listen, it's impossible to play at the top of your game. Every game. I Every get game. It. It's impossible. Why Ibra even played in this game, I don't know. Knowing that you got be, Lazio, or yeah, yeah, they have a game no, this weekend. Not not Lazio, only sorry. they have a game this weekend. Yeah, you need to give Ibra a rest. He's played every game. Yeah, it's not really. A, it's not a must win this game. You know what I'm saying? So give a rest yeah. to some of these guys in the starting lineup. Stefano Pioli maybe got that wrong. Yeah, I think he did. It's a matter of you're you're first in the table in the city. Ah. The Europa League, like we've said a couple times in the past podcasts, is the group stage is very weird. You just got to do enough to get through, and that's when you, you go to work in the round of 32 onward. Um, exactly. So why you didn't rotate your squad, who knows? You lost anyway. If you sat the, if you sat your your starters and you just played, and they lost, like we said, they still have three points on yeah. Sparta Prague. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, but, a bit of uh, a strange starting lineup choice for yeah. uh, Stefano Pioli. But Lille, as you can see, went for it. You know, Yusuf yeah. Yaziki. Three goals. Three goals. That's back-to-back games. He has yeah. hat-tricks, I believe. Yeah. Watch out for this player. Watch out for this yeah. player. If you're Roberto Mancini, watch out for this player in Euro 2021 because I guarantee he'll be starting against Italy in that first game. Beautiful. Manian, the Lille goalie, yeah. was outstanding. Yeah. Renato uh, Sanchez pulling in a solid Renato performance. Renato Sanchez. Haven't heard that name in a while. Exactly. He was in Bayern. I think he went to Swansea, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's been a journeyman. Now he's in Lille. Yeah. And yes, a special shout-out to Jonathan David pulling in a solid performance. Canadian. Got an assist. Picking up an assist. He's actually working out really well for Lille. So yeah, making Romagnoli look like an amateur and yeah. prior to giving him a handful. It's good to see that. Jose, it is good. It's good for Canadian football. Yeah, Jose Fonte to Portuguese. Yeah, there's another name. Yeah, Euro Cup winner with Portugal was in this team. So they got some big teams. I mean, big, big names, names in this yeah. uh, team. 
big names. So we'll just round out the group with that undefeated loss. Undefeated still. Yeah, undefeated. So Lille uh, leading the group right now with seven points. Milan on six. Sparta Prague picking up a surprise win against Celtic. So Sparta Prague now goes to three points in third place. And Celtics sitting in dead last on one point. What a surprise. <laughs> what a surprise. So that rounds out uh, uh, our uh, Europa League for City A representatives. Um, some big games to talk about in City A this weekend. I'm very excited to talk about it. I can't wait. Um, one, obviously, today goes today. Uh, it is Sassuolo, and they are playing Udinese. Udinese. So this is going to be... Um, this is going to be a very interesting game, um, and I believe they have some important players coming back. Yeah, they have uh, Caputo coming back, but Ardi, yeah. Philip Juric is still out. Vlad uh, can't get this last Kirkis. Right? Kirkis is out as well. Their center back, he's been one of their better center backs. Ayan, though, sub has come in. He's Khan Ayan, he's been really good back there. Uh so Maxime Lopez, the goal scorer from uh, last week, is expected, and Ian is expected to start, of course. Uh, Jeremy Boga, we'll see if he starts on the wing. Tricky winger. Yeah. And we'll see if Domenico Barardi, Francesco Caputo, what they can do. What yeah. do you think happens in this game? We got uh, second place, Asuolo, 14 points. Udinese, 19th with three points. Yeah. Five losses, one win for them. Well, I the, I the way I see this happening is I see Sassuolo getting some main, some big players coming back. Uh, Di Zerbi, obviously hailing Manuel Locatelli for the leadership that he provides. This guy's a, this kid is a leader in that midfield. And uh, getting some, uh, reinforce, getting the reinforcements of Chicho Caputo and Domenico Barardi coming back is huge for them. They're playing at home. I think Sassuolo wins this game and they temporarily go top of Serie A. Yeah, Udinese, they've switched up their system. Luca Gotti was playing a three-man defense yeah. or five five back, whatever you want to call it, with two wing backs. They've switched up the system to 4-3-3. It looks like he will be sticking to that system with Gerard De Lofeu and uh, Pusueto flanking Okaka. That means Kevin Lazani is back in the on the in the fridge there. No shock. Uh, <laughs> Rodrigo De Paul. We'll expect him in the midfield with yeah. uh, Pereira. So, like this team does have pieces. We'll see if uh, their four two three can be Sassuolo's four two three one. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a nice tactical, interesting game. What are you saying? Sassuolo's shown a lot of character uh, this season. They've outshot everybody. Their offense is second to just only Bayern, yeah. I believe, still in Europe. Yeah, and the big thing, the big, the big question for Sassuolo, they got they passed one test against Napoli. So they're going to have obviously multiple tests. Can they keep this up? Because if Sassuolo can keep up this form and, and this squad stays in this form throughout the season, dare I say it, they could possibly shock everybody to win the Scudetto. And the reason why is because Sassuolo, if you look at all the teams that are in the top seven, top nine, Sassuolo is one of the only teams that doesn't have to play European fixtures midweek. Yeah, and, it's, and that makes a big difference. That makes a big difference, right? So I think both of us are saying takes a swallow on this win. Yeah, I'm going to give Sassuolo the edge. Yeah. I think Udinese is on the up a bit. They've they've been playing better, but Sassuolo has been Sassuolo. Maybe they're due for a loss. Who knows? Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised if Udinese does beat them. Um, See, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because no, be Udinese has been performing for me a lot better. But... Uh, with these injuries it depends on who's going to play but gotta give the edge to Sassuolo that's the yeah 
that's the safe uh, option. So if you're a betting person, takes a swallow in this game. Let's move on to Saturday morning's game at 9 a.m. at the Sardegna Arena. Claudio Ranieri versus Eusebio Di Francesco. Yeah. Sampdoria paying a visit to Cagliari. Two former Roma coaches here. Two former Roma coaches here. Uh... Both Cardi playing decent, you know, coming off uh, coming off a loss against uh, Bologna. Yeah, um, they got a full healthy got a full squad. healthy squad. Sampdoria just missing Balde. Yeah, in this game. Sampdoria just missing Balde, Balde, and uh, coming off a one-one tie in that Derby della Lanterna in Liguria, there against Genoa. Not the end of the world. I still think the Sampdoria team is firing. They've gotten points. They've got consecutive points in a lot. Their last four games. Yeah, they're unbeaten in uh, their last four games. Yeah, so 10 points in your last four games. The Sampdoria team looks really good. But Kylie, on the other hand, Kylie looking really good too, right? Yeah, they've they, stepped it up. They've stepped it up. Two wins, one draw, three losses, yeah. seven points. 12th place, Sampdoria, three wins, one draw, two losses, 10 points. Yeah, I just, to me personally, I, the one thing that we can probably guarantee you is Joao Pedro's going to score in this game. Because <laughs> he's, he's scored. <laughs> ever since Eusebio put him in his natural position, he's scored in every game. So... Um, if you're uh, if if you're if you play uh, the the bet on uh, score for a game, put a Joao Pedro, put a, throw a flyer on Joao Pedro there. I'm sure he pays pretty well. Um, but in terms, if you're looking for a winner in this game, uh, Juliano, do you have any thoughts on a winner for this game? Or I'm calling a draw in this. Yeah, game. I think this game's got draws written all over it. Um, it's just it's too hard to call, and uh, these two informed teams. I think they'll both be happy with a point. Uh, so, Kyleri Sampdoria, we think, is going to be a draw. Let's move on to a potentially relegation dogfight. Benevento hosting La Spezia, Giuliano's favorite team aside from Inter. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this is going to be intriguing. This is a big game. This is intriguing. Yeah, this is going to be. This is like a. This is definitely like a like a championship game here yeah. because this is basically what they call a six pointer. Yeah, one point difference between the two teams right now. Yeah, uh, six points on for Benevento, five for Spezia. Yeah, Spezia sits seventeenth right now. Benevento fourteenth. Benevento fourteenth. Benevento at home. Both teams really. I think both teams are, are are desperate to get a result out of this game. I don't think either team would be happy with a draw. Um, they're going to go for it. These guys played each other last year. These guys know each other really well. Obviously, Benevento's stepping up, getting some great players. Uh, Spezia also stepping up, bringing in some pieces. Um, they're at the Stadio Ciro Vigorito, Benevento at home. Uh, Benevento scoring some, some... Benevento's firing, so is Spezia, but Benevento's leaking a lot yeah, of goals. Benevento's played a lot of tough teams in the last five games. Yeah. They've only had one win. Spezia only one win in yeah. the last five, but Benevento's had the way harder schedule. They played, they I think, uh, Roma, Inter, and Napoli Yeah, that time. They have. And Spezia's missing a ton of players, Spezia including Galabinov, right? Yeah. So um, who do you but, like? But they, they've been like that for the last couple of weeks. That's the only thing. And they've shown resilience. Yeah, they have. Caprari, who's been... Uh, he's suspended. Their talisman for Benevento. He is missing. So that will be a big piece missing. They're going to rely on Marco Sal and Lapadula to yep. pull the strings. I think for me, in this game, Benevento, they showed it in Serie B. They smashed everybody aside. I think uh, people in Zaghi knows how to beat these Spezia. teams. He has yeah. a history with them. He has the better quality players. I edge them on that. I think uh, people in Zaghi shows the know-how in this game, and I think Benevento is going to get another 
their third one of the season here. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think uh, Benevento, Benevento wins this game. Sorry yeah, for yeah. Spezia. Yeah, I just feel Spezia, they get confident in this. Yeah. They feel, oh, we can come out and attack. Yeah. And I just I don't see it happening. No, I don't see it happening them. too. So, Juliana and I are telling you to take Benevento in this game. Crucial game coming up, 2.45 on Saturday. Fiorentina paying a visit to the Ennio Tardini against Parma and Fabio Liverani. Beppe Iacchini, two coaches, a bit uh, <laughs> who could potentially be sacked. Well, Beppe, apparently Beppe Iacchini has been given this game. If he doesn't get a result in this game, he's done. Which, if you're sorry, Rafa Camiso, you got it all wrong. You had the perfect. You have the perfect. Roma gave you a gift in get and the opportunity to get rid of this guy. And Parma would have been a perfect game for a coach to come in and get a result and get some momentum going. But uh, you know, if uh, if if Beppe Aquino gets a result here, you're stuck with him for another week. So uh, arguably the worst coach in uh, Serie A going up against Fabio Liverani. Uh, Fabio Liverani trying to find something that works with his Parma team, not built to his liking, but trying to find some balance in this Parma squad. Um, Probably fortunate for Beppe Iacchini. Jose Callahan is out for this game, so he will be forced to use a Patrick yes. Cutrone or a Kwame. Who can, has where COVID, game? has COVID or is he injured? I think he's injured. Injured, yeah. I just saw that he's out for this game. Yeah. Jermaine Pazzella, too, and yeah. Lucas Martinez Cuarta are both out. Yeah. This is big. So defense is very defense shallow. Defense is very right shallow for this Fiorentina squad, but if you're bringing in Kwame or Cutrone because he has no choice, he actually might get some offensive production, believe it or not. Um, Parma on the other side. Parma looks relatively healthy. Um, yeah, they got, a, I believe, a full-strength squad yeah. minus Laurini and Cornelius up front, but those yeah. aren't two big pieces no. missing. It's going to be interesting this game. There's been rumors of uh, Yakini switching the system for this game. Apparently, he's going to drop his 3-5-2 uh, for the 4-3-3. That's the rumor That's a, because they're so short on the defense uh, center-back positions. But he doesn't know how to play a 4-3-3. We'll see. I, I don't know. I think that could throw a wrench in Parma's plans for this game. It'll be interesting. I think that suits Fiorentina better. Ribéry, for me, is not a striker. No, the he's guy not. needs to be coming on the wing. Yeah. He needs to suck defenders to the wing, draw them out of position, and pounce into the box. Yeah. If you get a Cutrone in that game or a Kwame, who have to start now because his favorite boy, Calihon's out. Yeah. I think it... it in a weird way, because it's forces hand, it makes this Fiorentina team better. Well, they're set up to win. Now they're set up to win. Yeah. Not because he wants them. <laughs> it's, like, it's not because he wants them to be set yeah. up this way. It's he's kind of being forced to. It's yeah. funny it's like just, that. It's, it's amazing how the world works. So this might, I think, I, I'm leaning. He might get a result here. Yeah, uh, we think. I'm leaning towards. I just think Parma, they've been getting the results against uh, the likes of Inter, who also they beat recently. Uh, with their counterattacking game, so they got sorry they got two. They didn't beat Inter, so everything feels they like a loss Inter. for Inter these days. But they drew Inter two two. They drew Spezia two two. They lost to Udinese. Lost to Udinese. They've had one win in their last five. They beat, which was against Hellas Verona of all teams, who's been a very tough team to beat this this season. Yep. And they lost to Bologna four one. Yes, this Parma team isn't looking good. No, under this new system, they are harder to beat. Arguably, yeah, they are undefeated in their last two games. Again, to Spezia and Inter. Fiorentina have enough in them to get a result. Fiorentina right now has won one in their last five as well. Mm-hmm. Their last victory coming to Udinese. It'll be interesting. For me, I'm going to give Udinese, I mean Udinese, I'm going to give Fiorentina the advantage in this game. I think uh, 
because his hand's going to be forced here. I think if he switches the system to 4-3-3, I think Pulgar, I'm going to bat Castrovili. I really think the difference is going to be Castrovili in this game. He has the the X factor to produce something here. I want to see Crutone start this game or Kwame. I think that would be the difference. I just think Fidentina edges quality in this type of system compared to Parma's system uh, of you know what they're going to do. They're going to try and counterattack with Jovino. If that doesn't work, Bobby English is going to try and you know hold up play, string in the midfield, but I don't see it happening for Parma. I'm going to go opposite of you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I, I think Parma is going to win this game. And the reason why is Parma is confident after picking up that 2-2 draw against Inter. Whether you think it's a lucky draw or not, they, they got a result. No, I don't think it was lucky. Um, I think it was, no, it was I'm just talking about whether people think it was a lucky yeah. draw or not. There's some people that think so. But uh, I think this. Uh, I think the the lack of knowledge of playing an offensive system he's and the lack of depth in that defense is really going to expose Fiorentina. He, he's in very unfamiliar territory, Beppe Iacchini, and how to play. I just think if Parma gets ahead and Fiorentina has to chase, he, Beppe Iacchini's not going to know what to do. He's going to panic. So I think Parma's going to win this game, and this is going to be the end of Beppe Iacchini. So I'm, Giuliano's going to tell you to take Fiorentina. I'm if telling the system changes. If the system changes, I'm telling you, whether the system changes or not, take Parma in this game. Take Parma in this game. So let's move on to Sunday morning's game, 6.30 a.m. Nice way to wake up. Yeah. Lazio hosting Juventus. Two I mean, teams a bit shaky recently. Yeah. Juve cleaning up. Lazio showing resilience. Uh, both teams got a victory last year. Lazio winning on the 22nd of December. And Juve winning on the 20th of July after the, the what was it, the, the COVID yeah. shutdown. Juve came back and won 2-1. It's going to be hard to call. Uh, I know Lazio's depleted. There is question marks around Chiro Immobile, Lazi, yeah. Leva, Anderson, Stracosha. Again, Arena's played a lot of net. De Ligt is still out. Sandro's out. And add to that list, now Aaron Ramsey is out. What do we expect in this game? I think I'm going to go back to the original where the lack of depth is really going to hurt Lazio. They've been resilient. i got to give them credit. They've been able to get this far. Now you're playing a juggernaut in Juventus. I mean, they've struggled against Zenit. They've struggled against Club Bruges and in the midweeks. And Juventus is on another class. So I just think that... You know they've been lucky and not so far that they haven't had to play a massive team yet um, in this struggle for for depth. So I just think Juventus is going to win this game. Cristiano Ronaldo's back. Here's the guy that's going to protect Andrea Pirlo. Andrea, Juventus has so much depth. I just yeah, I just think Juventus is going to win this game. Yeah, there's going to be some interesting battles. So you have a Chad Wihotor on uh, really good form. Patrick to the Spaniard and the and the three center backs there. But how long? How much more can these guys play? These guys have played yeah, game in and game out, true. midweek weekend, midweek weekend, right? They're so. going to be going up against Ronaldo and Marata. You have the midfield. If so, we think Pirlo has been sticking kind of with the four four two system. It shifts. We'll just call it a four four two, but it shifts when it goes from back to front. You're going to have a midfield battle of. Uh, McKenny, Bentancur, Abio, and Chiesa on the wing against Luis Alberto, who's back. That's a big piece back. Parolo, who I think is probably the weak link in this team now. Uh, just a bit too static for me. Milinkovic, Savic. He's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's going to be a tough battle. Marusic, too. That's going to be an interesting midfield battle. Yeah. Correa, Casado. If Chiro doesn't play, 
you would think Bonucci, Chiellini are going to shut them down. I think for me, this game is going to be one on the wings. Marusic versus Chiesa and Danilo versus uh, Fares. It's going to be versus Guardado on the wing. I think that's where this game is going to be uh, played mainly because there's not going to be a lot of space in the middle. It's going to be hard to call. I can't... Uh, I can't give a prediction here, a solid no. one. But I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna lead. I think Lazio, they're they're a tough team to beat. They've had La- they've had Juve's number out of all the teams. They've given Juve the biggest struggle, yeah, in recent years. Uh, but I think Ronaldo, he didn't get his goal in the Champions League game. He's gonna look to get a goal here. So I'll give I'll give Juve the win on a Ronaldo on a Ronaldo goal. But I I if you're gonna watch this game, it's gonna be a huge game. Yeah. It's going to be a good tactical battle. I believe you got two great coaches here. Uh, Simone Inzaghi, Pirlo, I believe, is on the way to becoming a great coach. He still isn't quite there yet, tactics-wise. So it'll be interesting to see if Simone Inzaghi can get the upper hand on that with the yeah. subs and stuff like that. Uh, but Juve's quality right now and Lazio's fatigue edge to Juve. Well, there you go. I think a Ronaldo header or something. Yeah. And if that's not enough for you at 6.30 in the morning, right after at 9 a.m., we got the Battle of the Nerazzurri. In Lombardy. Atalanta hosting Inter Milan. The derby of the biggest hard-headed coaches in Europe. <laughs> the biggest <laughs> flops right now. Both it, these teams really frustrated me yeah. in Europe. What a game to have to play after what happened midweek. I mean, that's that's tough. Yeah, and we'll see. Atalanta says they're going to change the tactics. <coughs> Conte we'll see. blames the world, blames everyone but himself. We're going to see. I, I really don't even want to call this game. I uh, don't. It's difficult to call. It's very difficult to call. Lukaku's still doubtful, I believe. Lukaku's still doubtful, but you got Perisic and Lautaro finally fi- firing, right? Yes. And then Alexis Sanchez came on in the game against Madrid, so you have Alexis Sanchez available for the game against Atalanta. Will we see Christian Eriksen? That's a big question. I, I don't think we will. That's what bothers me. I think Conte's done with Eriksen, and it really bothers me because he's not giving him a chance. Like I said, Conte's so hard-headed. He sees the game one way, and he sees it in the way he played just just chase after everything like a rabid dog in the midfield and Hartaga. that's why he loves Barella yeah that's, that's why he loves does. Barella Barella isn't a calm player he's loud he yells he gets into everything which I said can be good and bad yeah. there's a downside to that type of play and Vidal's like that too this is, this and to be a- honest I'm not a fan anymore of this midfield I'm not a fan of the midfield he keeps picking I think I'm going to give Inter the win on this because, like I said, they haven't been playing bad. They've been playing good. They just can't get the results because of stupid shutdown moments. Hakimi passing back. Devry not picking up on corners. Perisic shooting over the bar when a game is in the, you know, there to be won. That would be interesting. I think Inter has the edge. Atalanta has shown that they've lost a lot of steam. Yeah, uh, they just they look, they look gassed. Gasparini is going to change the system. I don't think his players adapt to the system. I think that's going to be the difference. Yeah, it, it, it all depends. I mean, uh, at the same time, what kind of what kind of who are we going to see in the back three for Inter Milan? 
I mean, realistically, you should, I mean, because you didn't play on the midweek, you should see Andrea Ranocchi come back, offer some stability. If Andrea Ranocchi doesn't play, I think this game's going to be very different. Um, Samir Handanovic, not consistent back there. Uh, defense, the, yeah, defense, D'Ambrosio can't be back there. No. Kolarov don't play back there. If any of those two play back there, enter it down this game. Kolarov's playing. You know Kolarov's playing. That's why he didn't play. It's probably going to be Col- it's to probably going to be Ranocchio, Skriniar, and Kolarov. That's probably who it's going to be. I hope not. I want to see Skriniar as our best one-on-one defender. Yeah. He's almost impossible to get by. Devray, to be honest, I don't care if he's in or out right now because he's been absolute garbage. Uh, maybe it is his partnership with the other two. Some who knows? Maybe he plays better with Skriniar. Uh, Bastoni, I think, should be on there because he's good defensively and offensively better offensively he does have some holes defensively in the game uh i believe that should be your starting trio back there that's my just my belief yeah i believe can come in no problem but this is a very mobile uh atalanta team they don't sit in one spot that's my only that's my only thing you need defenders that can move back there i just think think, i just think with this game i sound like a broken record i say this weekend and week out Inter, you know what their objective is compared to Atalanta. Atalanta top four finish. Inter is a Scudetto finish. And you need to win this game against Atalanta. You do. I think if if Atalanta gets a result in this game, I think the upper manager really has to consider Conte at this point in time. I know you splashed 11 million on him, but uh, if, if he doesn't get a result... It almost feels like... I understand it's, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, but this game... It feels as early as it is. It feels like it's it's oh, going to be huge. It's, it's huge. If, if Inter doesn't get a result here, it's going to be almost. Then they'll, be, they'll be out of the top for us, though. Yeah, the scudetto the scudetto is will become more of a dream yeah. than a reality. Because um, Juve are going to just keep getting points, getting yeah. points, and they're going to separate themselves from the rest. Yeah. And that's Who how knows it what Sassuolo is going to keep doing, right? Exactly. Um, Milan too. Milan is Milan. sixteen points. Yeah, sixteen points doing but what Inter, they got. Inter's do. won one game in their last five in all competitions. Yeah, one game against Genoa. Yeah, one game. It's Conte. It, it's very disappointing. start earning your money, my man. Yeah, it's, it's a joke. It's very disappointing. I gotta. I'm gonna give the edge to Inter in this game. I just think. Knowing what's on the line, they're just gonna they're gonna get the edge in this. I just think Atalanta's gassed. I think, and like I said, like you said, sorry, the the if the, if Gasperini changes the adjusts the tactics, they don't buy into it. It's it's a flop. So, yeah. and it's not the end of the world for Atalanta if they lose this game. So, yes, they're gonna come out. They're gonna do whatever they can, but I just don't see them getting a result against Inter. So, if you're a betting person, take Inter Milan. Uh, both of us are telling you to do that. Yeah. Inter, Inter are going to win on pure quality, not because of coach. And let's yeah, just put it that exactly. way. Exactly. Because this coach, I've lost all faith in him now. Yeah. I hate to say it. I had, I had, a, I gave him every chance. After I watched that Real Madrid game, it made me sick to my stomach. This guy has the hardest head, I think, on the face of the planet. Uh, pretty much. Anyway, let's move on. Next game, Roma are paying a visit to Luigi Ferraris against Genoa. Um, isn't this the type of game where Roma drops points? Isn't it? <laughs> it's not they bad. get they get all feeling nice. No, I just this nice, is a different. Nice, this is a different Roma team. Genoa and they drop points. This is a different Roma team. They rotated their squad. They rotated their squad yesterday against Cluj. So for this game, they're gonna have all their starters playing in this game. Uh, nobody, nobody's out for this game. I just very simple. Roma is gonna beat Genoa based on quality. Roma 
is yeah Genoa have been abysmal the they, last five yeah, games yeah they've been abysmal and they're coming up against a Roma team that's gonna really take it to them Pedro firing on all cylinders you got a confident Borja Mayoral now possibly coming off the bench Eden Zeko is gonna be back for this game that back three back there Ibanez Kambula uh, it was Chris Smalling uh, you got Antonio Mirante back in net that midfield Lorenzo Pellegrini Jordan Vertu uh, what else can I say Henrik Mkhitaryan uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini it's it's this Roma team is very confident right now and I'm not just saying that as a Roma fan they're just they look very confident they look really good considering the mess they have in upper management and Paulo Fonseca is doing a fantastic job he knows how to work this team and I just think they uh, they get the points they they're, they're aiming for a top four finish if you're aiming for a top four finish this is the game you need to win yeah I give Roma the edge yeah watch out for uh Gianluca Scamacca, he's been playing really good he has up been. front. I think he, yeah, he has scored been. two goals in two games for them. The last player to do it since Piontek for Genoa. Peren, too. If if Genoa is going to sneak a point here, it's going to be Peren's going to be at the top, he's of, be his the game, top of his game. For and this Scamacca one. is going to have yeah. to pitch in with a goal. Yeah. That's that's the only way Genoa are going to yeah. pull off something here. Peren's going to have the game of his life because he's going to get a ton of shots yes. with uh, Pedro and Mkhitaryan both going at the net and Pellegrini, too. Uh, he's going to be really busy. So this game hinges on Peren, Matia. If he has a game, Genoa could sneak a point here. They've, yeah. they've done it two times, uh, one to Sampdoria already. They snuck off a point in that game, and they snuck off a point to uh, Hellas Verona. Yeah. And they were unlucky to lose to Torino. So they do have it in them to get a point. Roma, though, should have the quality to edge him uh, Peren's the key to this game, though. Yes, yes. So if you're a big person, take Roma, take the Giallo Rossi. Let's move on to the next game. Torino hosting Crotone. Torino, I still feel free from that Lazio game. Marco Giampaolo being told that if he doesn't get results in the in the in the over the weekend, that his job could be on the line. A lot of people. But he got it. He got his. He, he, he got, got his the result, result against Genoa. Big two to one win. Midweek game. And now you got Crotone. You've built some momentum. You may be without Andrea Bellotti again. Um, but you, you've instilled some confidence in this Torino team. And now you can jump on it with, a, with another game against Crotone. Another relegation candidate. You're at home. I just think this Torino team is now gaining some confidence. They felt robbed in that Lazio game. They got it together for against Genoa midweek. Very good, solid win there. And now they're on their way. Torino wins this game against Crotone in my books. Yeah, Crotone have been horrendous this season. They have the one point, of course, against Juve. They've yeah. lost every other game. Uh, Torino are coming off that midweek win to Genoa. Balotti will be in the game. He, he is in the he, game. Yeah, he did okay. feature in that game, so he will be ruled fit to play. That's good. Uh, which will be a huge difference for uh, Torino. Lukic, yeah. too. Sasha Lukic has been outstanding that guy's reinventing the attack and midfield position watch out for this kid serbian uh international i think he's the difference in this team crotone they've shown the only way they're going to get points is if they sit back and they can't yeah. sit back every game this this no. is a game where they got to come out and try and win because this is the this is a relegation fight right now yeah it is. if you don't win these games who are you going to beat yeah. so crotone is going to have to come out of their shell they're going to get exposed, and I think Bolotti is going to 
get a penalty maybe <laughs> hit it hit the italian in, pinaldo hit someone in his back swing no, that's cheeto sorry but i'm dry i think belotti has the quality he's, he's has the quality in this game to get a goal yeah for sure and, for sure uh, as much as you just think torino's too good for this they don't belong in 18th place they don't. they're too good for this crotone game team like we said crotone can't sit back every game no and play for draws or else you're not going to come out of yeah out of the relegation zone so torino yeah, for win. so you go for the win. Let's move on to the twelve o'clock game here. Uh, Bologna are hosting Napoli, which will be a very intriguing game. Yeah, going to be an offensive game. Very offensive game. Very offensive game. Still a lot of players out for uh, Bologna. I don't know how they're doing it. Yeah, they have at least eight, ten players out still. Yeah, they did win most recently against Cagliari. Napoli coming off a loss to Sassuolo. you think well i think uh gennaro gattuso uh is very angry still they got the result against rieka so they haven't been playing they haven't been playing the greatest they've slowed down they've slowed down they definitely quite a slowed bit. down yeah they've slowed down quite a bit now you're you know you're the aim is top four for napoli ozzyman's Oz, been a bit of uh yeah he's slow we down. say disappointment he hasn't been he hasn't been bad he, it, his he game's just, been good looks, he just can't score it looks like fatigue it really does look mm-hmm. like fatigue now against the bologna team like you said that's out that that has a lot of players out they've been finding they've been finding like ways to lose ways, yeah <laughs> we're gonna say ways to win finding but they've way, find they've ways been to finding lose. ways to lose because it's all individual errors yeah. i just think this offense that bologna has is not good enough for this napoli defense yeah, we said it last podcast. Bologna won because Musa Baro scored two yeah, outstanding right. goals. It's not going to happen against no. Napoli. Napoli's not going to give them the chance to score those. If they do, I'm going to be very surprised. That's the only way I see Bologna winning this game. Yeah. is going to be a world-class, unstoppable finish from the midfield, a shot, ping right top corner. That's the only way they're going to pull something off here. Yeah, absolutely. Lazio, between Fabian Ruiz, Mertens, and uh, Insigne, they have nobody missing the squad. Between those guys, the quality is there. Bologna is barely going to touch the ball, I think. Yeah. Ozzyman is going to prove a handful for Danilo, the veteran uh, Danilo, and Tomiyasu, whose birthday was just yesterday. He's going to be a handful for those two. Uh, that's the difference. There's just too much quality in this team. Yeah, there is. There's too Bologna is going to make a, a mistake eventually in yeah, this game. We know they will. They will. So you're saying Napoli in this I'm game? I'm saying Napoli. Yeah, me too. I'm saying Napoli. So take Napoli. I think the only one we disagree on right now is just Parma Fiorentina, but hey, yeah, it is what it is. Last game. Last game. The trickiest team in Serie A right yeah, now. Yeah, Hellas Verona. Against Milan. Hellas Verona sitting fifth place. They have lost one game in their last five. That came to Parma of all teams. Yeah. They drew uh, Genoa. They drew Juve. They beat Benevento. And they beat Udinese. Yeah. And then they got those three points against Roma, too. Don't and forget they that. Baldassoni victory. Yeah, right the Baldassoni victory. This is going to be a tough game for Milan because I think this is the this is arguably one of the best defenses that they're gonna, they've played all season. They yeah. will have played all season. It's Yeah, it's Hellas Verona is the best defense in the league. Only three goals against in six games. The second best defense in the league is AC Milan. Five goals yeah. against. I just... It's going to be a low score. It's going to be game. a low scoring game, but Hellas Verona needs to be perfect in this game. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, Liao is going to open them up. Zlatan's going to try and find some gaps. But at the same time, AC's shown they have holes in, they, their, in exactly. their team. Barak Zakanji played phenomenal 
Yeah. Zakan, sorry to say Zakanji. 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 He played phenomenal. The two of them are very dangerous yeah. attacking midfielders. They're going to give Benacer, Kessi, Romagnoli, and Kyer. Trust me. They're yeah. going to give him headaches all game. Yeah. Di Marco, who should be playing for Inter, <laughs> plays for Verona. <laughs> Federico Di Marco, he's going to be going up on the left side. Yeah. He's going to be a handful. A lot of great players in this team, and they have Marco Silvestri, who's been outstanding all season, arguably one of the best goalies next to Donnarumma in Serie A. You have, uh, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a tactical battle. Juric has shown he has the medal to uh, get points off the top teams. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what, do you, what do you think on the result for this game? You know what, I feel, I feel Milan's losing steam a bit. I think the Lille game really opened up their eyes. Uh, remember, that was a full-strength team almost, minus Tonali in the midfield and some other players. I'm going to call... You know what? I'm going to call an upset in this game. I think Hellas Verona is going to sneak one past. I think they do have they do have talent. You think Hellas Verona is going to win this game? I'm going to give Hellas Verona the win in this game. Wow. I think... Uh, they're going to surprise Milan here. I just think Milan, they're slowing down. To me, they're losing momentum. Yeah, they're, they're going to... This was going to happen. They're going to lose this game, I think. Go into the international break, get rest, come out stronger. Yeah. I just think it's time for a loss in City after Milan. Yeah. To go six wins, one draw, zero losses, I don't think it's going to happen for them. So, Giuliano was telling you to take the Hellas Verona win. As much as I would love to see that... Um. I think a sort of an upset's going to happen. I think they're going to draw this game. I think it's going to be low scoring, you know, maybe a 1-1. I just don't see I see I can see Hellas Verona sneaking one pass. I just don't see Milan being shut out for a second game in a row. They are losing steam. I, I think that I think this is where we're going to see the the AC Milan regression. Um but I think it's going to be a draw at this point. And uh, so I'm. If you're a betting person, Giuliano's telling you to take the house Verona upset, which I'm sure pays huge. And I'm telling <laughs> you to take the draw. And that rounds up match day seven for the uh, for the Italian Serie A. Um, they're going to be some really exciting games, so please do enjoy them. Um, so I believe Sunday is usually when Mancini makes a call. Next week is the international break uh, for the Nations League, Italy, with two crucial games: uh, one against Polska and one against. Uh, Bosnia, where they must win out if they have any chance of winning this group. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll get into that next week. We'll get into that Monday. next week and break down Mancini's squad, who we pretty much know 90% of who he's probably going to bring because mm-hmm. he usually doesn't change. He's another hard head, too. He's, um, another testadura. Um, just wanted to quickly uh, make a uh, huge shout-out to Forge FC. Huge, huge win on Tuesday night against Tauro FC in Panama, with a night with a penalty with a winning penalty in the 92nd minute of the game. But uh, this Forge team has punched way above their weight. They will now play. I forget who they're playing, but they're from Haiti. Um, and basically, they can start thinking about the Champions League if they win this game because now they're in the quarterfinal. So now this is where the spots for the Concacaf Champions League come up to play. So if Forge wins their game. They will move on to the semifinals for the CONCACAF League Tournament, but they will also qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League, which is huge. If they lose this game, they're knocked out of the tournament, but it's not the end of the world. 
because they will play a one-off head-to-head against one of the other losing quarterfinalists for one of the fifth or sixth CONCACAF Champions League spots. Huge, huge opportunity for Forge FC. Second year in existence and on the brink of possibly qualifying for the CONCACAF Champions League. What does that go to show you? There is some great quality in this country. There's some great quality in this Canadian Premier League. It is just going to get better and better for Canadian soccer. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, that's it. That's it? Yeah. Been a good show. Lots of uh, info. It was fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Before we go, though, for all of our Italian fans, uh, I just want to quickly read you the top eight of the Serie B standings because my prediction has come true. Cittadella has now fallen to fifth place, as we all predicted. Um, so the to top two right now, some very familiar names in Empoli and Kievo. Uh, they look very comfortable. But, hey, there's a third team that's tied for first place, and this is a team to watch. I think they're coming up to Serie A next year. They got robbed by Spezia last year. Frosinone, I think, is coming. They're coming on their way. And then some surprises in Salernitana. No surprise in Cittadella in fifth place, holding on to a playoff spot right now. It's very early in the City of B season, but Cittadella in fifth place. American-owned Venezia in sixth place. What a story that would be if they came up. And then we got some two familiar names rounding out seventh and eighth in Spal and Nacho. Great. That wraps up today. Till next week. Till next week. Ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. Enjoy the weekend.